All right. Well, Africa is making serious strides to break with the U.S. dollar and the West in general. Many of those moves are happening this week. More than 20 African nations are expected to attend the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. That starts today in Russia. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But first, watch Kenyan President William Samoy Ruto speaking to Parliament this week, announcing that Kenya will start trading in local currencies within Africa and not the U.S. dollar. Uh, as they have been doing for decades, and watch the standing ovation that he receives from this announcement. Traders from Djibouti selling to Kenya, or traders from Kenya selling to Djibouti, have to look for U.S. dollars. How is U.S. dollars part of the trade between Djibouti and Kenya? Why? <laughs> and we are saying that today, Afri Exim Bank have given us a mechanism where traders in our continent can trade in their goods and services and the Africa Exim Bank will settle payments in local currency. That is why Kenya champions the Pan-African Payment and Settlement System that is done by our own institution, the Afri Exim Bank. Why, members? Why is it necessary for us to buy things from Djibouti and pay in dollars? Why? There is no reason. And we are not against the U.S. dollar. We just want to trade much more freely. Let us pay in U.S. dollars what we are buying from the U.S. But what we are buying from Djibouti, let's use local currency. Wow. I mean, it seems like the simplest thing, right? right? Why do they have to buy U.S. dollars in order to buy goods? In fact, Clayton and I, we were traveling recently in Egypt, um, and we were looking at the menu, and we said, why does this Lebanese wine, which is close to Egypt, why is this so expensive? It's $50. Uh, and they said, because of import trades. So Egypt cannot fra- trade freely with Lebanon, which is just next door, or Jordan, or they have no trade agreements that the European Union agree uh, enjoys, or the United States enjoys, or other blocs enjoy. Africa has been prevented from doing that. Well, now they are going forward with this system. What he mentions here is Pan-African Payment and Settlement System. It's called PAPSS. It runs through a central bank that has been started in Egypt. It's called Afro-Exim Bank doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, it doesn't flow. They need to come up with a new name. For um, now, it is based in Egypt and is shareholder-owned. He says it is African-owned, but is also heavily invested in by China. Take a look. This is from 2012, I believe. No, 2019. says uh, they were receiving $850 million from Chinese financial institutions. Well, Africa has been enjoying Chinese investment for quite some time. The West will tell you 
this is dangerous. Africa doesn't know what they're doing. They're saying like, oh, you know, these Africans, they don't understand financial products, really. Right. You got to be scared of the Chinese because they will, they're going to take over everything. They will own you. They will destroy your country. Meanwhile, isn't that exactly what the West is doing? Right. Well, and also the West benefits from Chinese investments. But we're telling Africans they don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand. I don't think there's anything more racist than that. Like, sorry, you guys don't understand finance. You don't understand that when you're accepting this debt from China, you're really doing your country wrong. But China has been investing in Africa in infrastructure for decades. Uh, for example, in the Congo, major roads were shelled and destroyed in 1997 by the Rwanda-Uganda-backed army. China repaired those roads. In 2010. Now, why would they do that? Here is how Siddharth Kara explained it in his book called Cobalt Red about cobalt mines in Congo. He says that uh, China's dominance in Africa was established in 2000 when President Zhang Zemin proposed the creation of the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation to facilitate Chinese investments in African countries. This relationship was billed as a win-win. The Chinese would build much-needed roads, dams, airports, bridges, mobile networks, and power plants across Africa. And in exchange, China would secure access to vital resources to support its growing economy. And that has continued. These roads were built. Uh, we're going to hear from a politician who is going to tell us more about that just in a second. Um, now, Kara, the author of this book, he thinks that Chinese cooperation may not be the best thing for Africa, but not all African leaders feel that way. Just this week, Zambian politician, I'm sorry, it's going to sound terrible the way it comes out of my mouth, uh, Akende Mamembe Chundama. Um, I believe that you can't, it's not like Western last names where you can just use one name. The, the name loses its meaning if you don't say it in its entirety, and it's butchered from me, and I apologize. Um, but she spoke in Moscow this week about how the West has been exploiting Africa for centuries, and Africa is now demanding autonomy, and they feel like Russia and China are totally acceptable partners as a means to this end. Watch. Africa is a hub for natural resources. Mm -hmm. It has always been for the West. Mm -hmm. And now Africa has multiple options. Africa doesn't have to succumb to a bad deal that we get from the Western countries. Mm -hmm. Africa has choice now. Mm -hmm. Africa now wants to be treated as equals at the table. And now Russia and China offer that to Africa. Now she goes on to talk about how the West has no problem toppling governments. Uh, inside of Africa to get what they want. We have, oh, so many examples, but I thought I would just give you this one for tonight. Um, this is Patrice Lumumba. He was the first prime minister of the Democratic Republic of Congo for about four months. He was allowed to push for independence in Congo and from June until September of 1960 before he was killed by the West. Uh, his close friend and ally when he was elected was a man named Joseph Mobutu, up until Patrice Lumumba was elected, Belgium had been exploiting the Congo to such horrific extent that it was literally the basis of Joseph, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness novel. Well, when Lumumba took over, he declared to the Belgian king, this is a quote, he says, we are no longer your monkeys. And the West did not like that. Uh, Belgium pretended to go along with this independence of Congo, but they kept control of the Katanga mines. Lumumba then asked the United Nations for help the United Nations sent in troops, but they said that their forces were not authorized to expel Belgian troops. 
So the United Nations didn't help them at all, knowing that it was only the Belgians they needed help with. So what did Lumumba do? He turned to the Soviet Union for help. And that's when the West swooped in and supported Mutubu to betray his friend and seize control of the government and arrest Lumumba. So they had a leader who actually wanted independence and for Congo to enjoy their own resources. And he was killed. Uh, the CIA reportedly tried to poison him by putting snake venom in his toothpaste, but they decided against that plan. That was one plan that sort of leaked out later. The Kennedy administration worked with Belgium to authorize for him to be executed after first torturing him. Um, and after that, the Matubu government was a Western puppet, and Congo's chance at enjoying the riches of their own resources died along with Matumba until now. It's right. amazing. You can read all of the ways in which the CIA secretly tried to kill people. Yes, tooth poisoned toothpaste, mm-hmm. uh, the exploding cigar for Castro. Yeah, and the list is endless about the the creative ways the CIA has tried to destabilize and destroy foreign governments. Uh, this is this one is a particularly heartbreaking story as well. Yeah. Um, you know the the United Nations and the United States working against a people's a, a, a elected official. Um, and, you know, working to topple that government. Well, now the West has declared, I mean, it's it's just no wonder that African leaders feel this way now, right? Now the West has declared an all-out war on the East, and Africa seems to be forced to make a choice. They choose the East. At least many politicians are feeling this way. Uh, watch again how Akende Mamembe Chundama puts it. Just a few months ago, we had a democracy summit in Zambia um, where the, it was basically a West End and a U.S.-led conference to draw back cooperation with both China and Russia for the African continent. They want to always dictate to us who our friends should be, who Africa should cooperate with, and they are willing to topple governments to assassinate our leaders for this. Mm -hmm. So the war is actually showing them that, and we're glad that Russia is standing up because security around the world now is at utmost important for... Yeah, apologies for, for interrupting you. No. Now, we see that some many Western states are trying to discourage um, the cooperation of many African countries with China and Russia. What do you think they fear by this? And are there attempts to discourage this cooperation working? We're moving to a multipolar world. And it's very clear that Africa now has many options. Cooperation with um, the West is not our only option. BRICS is opening doors for the African continent to say that even when it comes to financing, when it comes to infrastructure development, when it comes to a future for Africa, we've got different options today. So this doesn't sit well with Mm -hmm. the West. G7 sits at the table to talk down on the rest of us in the West. Mm -hmm. But with BRICS, we're seeing a different um, order. We're seeing a global community wanting to come together and talk as equals. So this is not sitting well with the West. It's not sitting well with the hegemony that they've, they're used to. Wow. That should be. Yeah. Everyone should watch that clip. Speak girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She goes on to say that the debt they get from China is based on favorable rates and they actually seize where it goes when roads, schools, hospitals, hydropower stations are actually built. As a result, uh, this is a, yeah, we do know how to evaluate financial products. Thanks to the West. We understand interest rates and what you get in exchange for loans. Uh, she says this idea that Africa is putting itself into a debt trap is fake news. 
and Western propaganda. And I'm going to say that that's racist for the West to tell an entire nation of people they don't know how to deal with finance. Um, she says that while this is, she says all of this while she's in Moscow for the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. Um, again, there are more than 20 African nations in attendance and also leaders from Asia, the Middle East, India, and South America. More than 17,000 participants from 130 countries and territories have now confirmed participation, according to conference leaders. And the focus here, again, is on multipolarity, which I think is code, and the East is using this a lot uh, for each region maintaining its own power in the world and autonomy instead of unipolarity, which is what the West has enjoyed for the last few decades, which means power concentrated in one place and one economy. Uh, So again, I think this is a major struggle for global values playing out right before our eyes. And it's amazing to think because now on the heels of the meetings between Iran and Saudi Arabia, bringing the Iranian embassy back into Saudi Arabia, that peace being basically brokered because of China. Uh, We're seeing the expansion of the Saudi Arabian partnerships with China and the expansion of uh, the Chinese yuan and moving away from the U.S. dollar um, to settle, settle trades with China. I mean, the writing is on the wall. The writing is absolutely on the wall right now for the U.S. dollar. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not gonna I be can't a, say we can, we can't say who will win, but we're seeing clear battle lines of East versus West, right? Well, she you, goes on to talk about how the West and Western organizations are demanding that when Putin comes for the BRICS summit, is it BRICS summit? Um, when he comes to South Africa, I forget when, for which, uh, conference in August, that they are supposed to arrest him. And, you know, South African leaders are saying we absolutely will not do this. And so now we're seeing loyalty. Loyalties have been drawn. Yeah. And I'm not saying the you know, the death of the U.S. dollar is going to happen overnight. No, but we've saw the largest sell off of U.S. dollars uh, in the past year than we've ever seen in its history. So if you're looking at trends and you're seeing where countries are moving and how they're beginning to settle transactions, the writing is on the wall. Thank you so much for watching this segment here at Redacted. We are live every day at 4 p.m. Eastern time trying to share the stories that the mainstream media will not cover. You should also come over and join our community of Redacted Rebels over at redacted.inc. That's our private locals community where we can share exclusive content that we simply cannot share here on YouTube. Come over and join the rebellion together right now by going to redacted.inc. We'll see you next time.